Hey, this is Drew Vaday Singh from Good Trouble on Freeform, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You're A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Drew, welcome to the cave. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be in the cave. <laughs> What's going on, man, with you? What's new with you? It's all good. I'm just, um, you know, really enjoying the tail end of a nice hot summer in, in L.A. It's, uh, it's been beautiful. I've been shooting on Good Trouble. We're starting up the second half of season two of the show um, in a couple weeks. So gearing up for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a nice summer so yeah. far. So like you mentioned, Good Trouble, the listeners know you from that. You've done some numerous TV appearances, but uh, I want the listeners to get to yeah. know. I want the listeners to get to know you, the real story of you. Where are you originally from? Oh yeah, sounds good. Uh, I grew up in, in in what was then called Bombay, which is now Mumbai in India. Um, you know, spent my childhood there, my 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 teenagers, um, and then I came out to LA for college when I was um, almost eighteen. Uh, so yeah, I grew I grew up in in India. It's, it's a, a real, uh, you know, almost literally the opposite end of the of the planet. Yeah, um, geographically. So uh, grow, growing up in India, what were you into? What were some of the things that you were interested in? You know, I was always um, a, a a love. I always had a love of comedy. Always had a love for. Honestly, um, you know, American pop culture was became so dominant in in the '90s and stuff when I was growing up, and so I, I loved. American TV and movies I was always a big movie nerd. Still am, um, uh, which I think really eventually led to to my choice of, of career out here. Um, uh, that that really was something that was a big part of my childhood. I think. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, I was a big nerd as a kid. Also, uh, for example, my first girlfriend when I was like uh, fourteen years old or thirteen years old, I. My my first Valentine's Day gift I ever gave her, probably the worst idea for a Valentine's Day gift ever. But I I made her a website, like I programmed her a website and thought that was very romantic. <laughs> so if that gives you any insight into what a nerd I was. What was the uh, What was the website about? Just about her? Yeah, it was like a very cheesy Valentine's website with a bunch of like angel clip art and like gothic frames and dividers and like cheesy poems. Uh, for her, it was really embarrassing, and most embarrassing of all was that you know we had like one family computer at the house, and I made it on that, and my mom found it and read a part of it, and it was just mortifying wow. for yeah. a, like thirteen-year-old boy to have his mom read a <laughs> cheesy poem. So you mentioned yeah, you mentioned you mentioned you were like you know into pop culture and everything. Like, what were some of your favorite movies growing up and TV shows? Oh yeah, I mean, I think like when Home Alone came out, it was huge for me as it was in the rest of the world but it you know it came in those days too we'd get movies a little late in india like about uh six or seven months later than they dropped in america now it's all you know everything kind of has a world premiere um so i saw it a little late but it was big for me i think because i'm an only child and so the experience of being home alone was just like to me normal life so that movie really spoke to me uh i still know every word of that movie by heart love home alone yeah, yeah. 
I hope they don't remake it. I feel like it wouldn't be as good. No, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to see a remake of that too. That's a classic, classic John yeah, right? John Hughes movie. You don't want to touch that. Yeah, can't touch. Can't touch it. <laughs> So uh, was it, uh, you know, growing up and watching all those movies in the 90s, was there a specific movie or TV show that pushed you towards the acting world to become a filmmaker and, you know, in, in, uh, get into improv? Yeah, uh, not so much. I mean, yeah, we watched, you know, Who's Line, which I think most sort of improvisers of my generation came up with watching a little bit of. As far as, like, a movie, I mean, the first time I saw... Uh, I think like The Godfather. I saw it probably a little younger than I should have. I was really blown away by, all, I mean, every performance in it. But like specifically, I think Pacino and James Caan made me go like, man, that I would love to do that. I would love to be in a movie and, you know, embody that someone with that much life energy and have been on screen. That just felt so real. And then as I got a little older, I think I'd just come to college. I was maybe 17 and I watched Raging Bull, the Scorsese movie. And that movie made me go, all three parts of it are so perfectly done, the directing, the writing, the performances, that it made me want to do all three really bad. Um, wow. So, I, yeah, Raging wow. Bull was a, was a big one for me. Dude. You mentioned The Godfather. You know, like, you know, I grew up watching those type of movies. Like, I, I, assume, you've watched yeah. it, I, I assume you've watched it more than 20 times. Oh, yeah. At this point, so many times. I, I do love uh, re-watching movies. You're, you're a god. Are you a, are you a one or two fan? Some it, people I feel like go either way. It goes either way because I like you know Godfather too. I like how it does the whole history of how they got into that mm-hmm. and everything. So I like the whole backstory totally. on that too. You know, and a lot of people don't even like the Godfather three that much. I didn't mind it that much. I thought it was you know it wasn't the best yeah. out of them, but I thought it was decent. I actually don't disagree with you. I think, like, three compared to other movies is actually a pretty good movie. Compared to the first two Godfathers, obviously, yeah. you're comparing it to two of the best movies ever made, so it's not going to be as good. But I think compared to a general other movie, it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, compared yeah. to most other mob movies. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So um, so how did you get into, how did you get started into acting, and what made you go to, uh, to move to L.A.? Uh, well, so I came out from college. I, I got a, honestly, the truth is I, I applied to a couple different colleges in America and a couple in England, uh, as of some of my friends did. Uh, and I got into USC on a, they gave me a scholarship and it felt, you know, it was honestly what swung it. I was just like, oh, great. If I want to have to pay full, I, I will definitely do that. And the film school here has a good reputation and stuff. So I, I studied screenwriting and creative writing. Uh, initially, because I knew I, I always loved to write as a kid and stuff. And I, you know, I, I felt like that was a, uh, maybe one way to get into the, the film world here. And then eventually, it was after college, but I started, I just kind of started doing improv just on a whim of just I wanted to do something that was freeing and fun and immediately felt good at it, immediately started feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting laughs, I'm, you know, I, this feels comfortable. And that led to some opportunities. I, I, I did a show and um, got approached by a commercial agent, got, you know, it, it just felt like it was calling me a little bit. And so that kind of uh, led the way to towards my acting stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, cut to several years later before I actually started getting yeah. heavy work <laughs> acting. But, yeah. So when you made the big move, like, how did you, you know, like, uh, when you told your parents you wanted to move to the U.S. and you wanted to get into film yeah. and stuff like that, how did that go? You know, it was, it was actually not, because it was going to college, they were quite supportive because it was also, you know, it helped to have a little bit of a scholarship. It helped to be like, oh, I, I, I can I can pave my own way for a little bit. 
Um, I think they were support, supportive but cautious, the way any parent should be when a kid says something crazy, like I want to get into an entertainment business or any artistic profession. You know, I think I think it's wise for a parent to, to be a little cautious, yeah. which they were. Uh, but I think once they saw that I was pretty serious about it, after a couple of years, honestly, of me really kind of grinding at it, they 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 came around for sure, and and have been nothing but very supportive. Since. Mm-hmm. So how yeah, did so, so it's been nice? So how did you get involved with the with the UCB? Um, yeah, I got so I started doing improv initially at there's a place out here called the Second City Hollywood, which is a spinoff of the the Chicago branch in um, uh, in Chicago. Um, I did a little bit there, really loved it, and then wanted to. Well, I, I and this is no dig on it at all, but it is like the it is a little bit like the little sister of the Chicago one. Like people who've come out of the Chicago Second City include you know Tina Fey and uh, Amy Poehler, who's now one of the founders of UCB. Um, uh, you know, a, a lot of Bill Murray, like all these people going back through the ages. Whereas the Second City Hollywood one is does feel like it's their West Coast home a little bit. So I wanted to get into kind of some place that felt more like a home base here. So I started doing improv at UCB and the Groundlings. Uh, eventually did the Sunday Company at the Groundlings, which is their like house sketch team here. And then slowly kind of worked my way up UCB. You got to kind of audition for spots on teams. Did that. Got on a team. And I've kind of just been doing that since. Um, I, I perform at UCB maybe four nights a week, typically. I had a few different shows. Just keeps it keeping it fresh. Oh wow! Do you ever yeah. do you ever have any of the alumni that comes back and like just surprise you guys and just jumps in there with you guys? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's happened. Yeah, uh, especially at the at DCM, which is the, they do this thing called the Del Close Marathon once a year, where all the alumni come back. Um, and some of the alumni still perform kind of regularly. But yeah, at those shows, you know, Amy Poehler's back. Um, I mean, a whole a whole host of people, honestly, Jason Manzukas. Uh, we've had a, a bunch of the stand-ups that have come through UCB come and do shows there. Sarah Silverman, um, a whole lot. One of the wildest stories I heard, and it was a friend of mine who was a gen- you know, a UCB generation ahead of me, but they did a show, and Robin Williams, rest in peace, showed up and wanted to play with them. And, just got in, jumped in, and did an improv set with him. Oh wow! Uh, out of nowhere, and it was the craziest for this audience to see like Robin Williams suddenly just pop on stage and do his thing. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I wasn't at that show, but I heard it was a blast. That's crazy. Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. being in LA after all those years, what was the first gig that you landed? Do you remember? Um, the first gig, yeah, I do actually. The first gig I landed was weirdly it wasn't an act. It was a it was like a print commercial. So it was just like a, they just wanted to take pictures of me for this. It was like a software company. They do these things called industrials, which are, I guess, they, they're advertising, but they're really only for within the company. So I guess it's like for brochures or things like that. So it was one of those. It, was, it didn't pay a lot, but I, I was so grateful to, to do it. I just I couldn't sleep all night. It was so oh, over wow. the top. And then I think the, the next thing I booked was a, a commercial, like a, an actual commercial gig. Um, where I, I won't say the product, obviously, but I had to play an astronaut, like in a full astronaut suit. Um, and it was, it was interesting. There were a few interesting experiences about that. It's, it's, it's weird to like wear a heavy astronaut suit and be out in the desert filming for like three days. Jeez. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was non-union, which, which is why I think they got away with that. (laughs) So, so now you star in Freeform's Good Trouble. Can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit, a little bit about what the show is about? 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Good Trouble. So it's a it's a spinoff of a show that ran on ABC Family, which is now called Freeform. Uh, a show called The Fosters. It ran for like five seasons, um, it, uh, and then the two the, the the leads of Good Trouble are the the two young girls from that show who are now in their twenties. They move to LA, and they just get in all sorts of trouble, both in terms of their romantic lives and their workplace lives. It's really a, a distillation of being in your twenties in a big city is kind of the focus of what the show is. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 um, it's racy. It's kind of, it's romantic. It's also like deals with a lot of social issues. It's, it's pretty, uh, I hope this word's okay to use in the podcast. It's pretty, it's pretty horny. It's a pretty horny show. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of sexy scenes happening. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time. I think, uh, most people I know enjoy it. The reviews are, are, overwhelmingly positive. I think it holds like a, a 100% or 98% or something like that on, on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. And wow. so, yeah, it's a really fun it's a really fun show that I, I recommend to your listeners. They so, feel like it. So you play Raj. Uh, how, tell us about your audition for the show. Sure, yeah. Uh, I auditioned for it um, up at the casting office. It was actually up in Santa Clarita. Drove up there. Um, it was a very, very nice and warm room. Uh, I, I recognized him immediately, but uh, John Chu was in the room. Who is the, he's the director of Crazy Rich Asians, uh, and he directed our the, the pilot of, of Good Trouble, which was we were shooting it like the month before Crazy Rich Asians came out, so no one knew kind of how big it was gonna be. But I recognized him from his previous stuff because I, I kind of follow, I'm a I'm a you know I'm a big film nerd and I follow directors' careers and stuff, uh, and so that made me a little nervous initially, but I quickly calmed my nerves and did the audition and it felt like a really good fit like I, I felt right away like I kind of knew who this person was he felt very close to me in a lot of ways um, and so it was easy you know I, I got a few laughs from a few lines even that, that weren't necessarily meant to be funny and that felt like a, I think what maybe convinced them I, I did a little bit of improv I threw in a couple lines here and there just because that's kind of my, my background and training um, and then I you know a, a week later or so I got a call from my agents being like uh, they'd like to make you an offer uh, and it was, a, you know, a very small role initially, especially in the first uh, few episodes of, of season one, uh, that then they, the writers started very generously kind of building out and making this, this more integral character. So it's been super fun to play a character and then slowly see it, you know, uh, grow and have different dimensions and stuff yeah. with each episode. How would you describe Raj? Um, Raj, is, so he works at a tech a startup. It's not really a startup anymore, I guess, like season two, but a, a tech company. So he's, you know, he's a nerdy guy. He's a, he's um, a very well-meaning, but but perhaps timid soul. Uh, and if, if anyone has been following the, the first season, is listening to this and now watching the second season, you, you, you've seen an arc to Raj a little bit where he's learning to speak up. He's learning to speak up for himself, both in a relationship and in the workplace, where you know, he deals with various issues in the show, in the workplace, um, whether it's uh, kind of uh, racial microaggressions from some douchey co-workers or not really knowing how to stick up to his boss. Um, and so I would describe him as timid but growing. You know, he's, a, he's he might be, he's exactly on that interesting spectrum that's really something we're talking about in society these days, I think, which is like, how... What, what is a nice guy exactly, and is it enough to just be, quote-unquote, a nice guy? And really, I think, from playing the character, you kind of see that it's not. It's like, you can be nice, but you also got to 
you got to fight the good fight. You can't just yeah. kind of sit in the shadows yeah. and pretend to be the nice guy. Yeah. So, so how did you prepare for the role? What kind of research did you do? Um, some of the research, I mean, was honestly just uh, surrounding myself with a little bit of what goes on at tech startups in that world. I wanted to feel at least fluent enough when talking about code. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm, I, I mean, I programmed a website for a, yeah. for a girlfriend when I was 14, so I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with that nerdy world. I used to be into that. But the world, like the tech world moves at a pace that's insane. You know what I mean? Everything we have this year is going to be obsolete in like less than 300 days every model of phone and camera, you know, software, everything moves so fast. So I've been kind of out of it. So I, I familiarized myself a little more with what's going on in this world. What are, you know, what sort of, what's happening in the app world? What's happening with, with that? I think just to feel fluent. And then, honestly, a lot of preparing just came from drawing on my personal experiences a little bit. I, I've had some stuff in common just in, you know, just living day-to-day -day life. Uh, of, of, oh, I can I know what that feels like sometimes to be a little discriminated against in a workplace situation, yeah. or I know what it's like to not speak up in a relationship completely. Those are, those are things that are not unfamiliar to, to me. Mm. So so a lot of it was just delving into my own experience. If Raj was a real person, would you be friends with him? Yeah, I think I would, actually. <laughs> For one thing, we look quite similar, so it would be, <laughs> it would be uh, weird not to... To, to be friends with him for that, and then uh, yeah, also you know I, I I like him. I do really enjoy stepping into his skin at work and being like, oh, he's he's really a good dude at the end of the day, and he he steps up to the plate when it counts. He sticks up for Mariana, who's who's the the name of one of the lead characters uh, when it really counts. Um, he has a lot of insecurities, there's no doubt, but I think he really is trying to deal with them, yeah. and I would I would hang with him. He's a cool dude. Where would you like to see uh, Raj go in the show? Like, what would you like to see? Do you, would you like to see anything change for his character? Uh, where do you want to see him in the future? Oh yeah, um, I would love to see him continue to grow and evolve. You know, the, the way he's been doing, I'd love to see him. I think try to deal with his insecurities head on in a more direct way, because um, I think he's still at a point uh, in the show where he doesn't, where he, where he doesn't fully believe in himself and that's something i'd like him to at least confront maybe successfully or unsuccessfully um but i'd like to see that you know i think it's i think it's really cool even right now um well, he represents something you don't see a lot of on tv i think which is sort of a an asian love interest or a south asian love interest there's not a lot of characters like that um and so i'd like to see him continue to evolve into a strong character that which he is already and, and continue to you know strengthen that yeah now do you have a favorite scene that you were in from the first two seasons oh yeah for sure um we we, we shot a scene in <coughs> i believe season two episode four or five where he gets in a physical altercation with a co-worker who's being really shitty both to him and his girlfriend uh, mariana on the show and that was just so fun to shoot because we had a stunt coordinator. It had to be a real, realistic-looking, really brutal-looking fight, but a fight between two people who do not fight because they're both nerdy tech guys. So it, ha it was kind of funny as well. It was like flailing limbs and stuff like that, but also trying to land punches that look like real punches. Uh, I think that was one of my favorite scenes to shoot, especially because Dustin Ingram, who plays Alex, who I, who I get to beat up in the scene, um, 
was so nice about letting me manhandle him like that. <laughs> so so you so yeah, you did so, so you did so you did some of the stunts too. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we did a bunch of a bunch of <laughs> intense uh, fighting stuff. When I say in, intense is the wrong word, they yeah. look really goofy on ca- on camera because they're meant to. Because you know, you, if someone, this is a guy who's never had a fight once in his life before and is now throwing down in the office. Um, but yeah, we did some stunts. It was it was very fun. We end up knocking over several Lego towers that these nerdy guys build in their office. It was, it was just yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> shoot. I you- recommend uh, fight. <laughs> Do you have any uh, funny behind-the-scene moments that you can share? Oh, yeah. Um, let me think real quick. Well, one of them from that fight scene was that during the scene, you know, I, after every single take, I would check in with Dustin, who played Alex, and said, you okay? I didn't hurt you today. He said, no, no, you're good, you're good. And then the next day, he came to work to the set, um, like rubbing his shoulder down, because apparently he had pulled his shoulder, and I felt so bad about that. I felt so bad that I, that I had actually slightly hurt him during the scene. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's not not a hilarious behind the scenes anecdote. <laughs> one that happened. I'm trying to think about yeah, if there's if there's any especially funny behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if there's. I mean, th- th- we have a, we have a ton of fun. I will say that on set, everyone is just the nicest person to work with. There's like very little, you know, conflict on set at all. Everyone's just like. It's a dream to be on that set. Um, we we some we there's a lot of meme sharing that happens. Um, are you are you a fan of the Instagram meme culture at all? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get text messages from my you know friends all the time with memes and everything. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, with some good memes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of those happening. I feel like I've I've, I've seen a lot of memes being shared on that <laughs> set. I guess uh, if, if you want to know what the behind the scenes culture is like on on Good Trouble. Um, so, yeah. So, so um. Like so, in the acting world, like, uh, do you have any like influences that you look up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like I mentioned before, you know, early influences don't leave you. Like Al Pacino, just in terms of his range of incredible performances, is someone I look up to a, a ton. Um, I really look up to right now, honestly, Tiffany Haddish. I think she's one of the funniest people doing it in Hollywood. Uh, I look up to a lot of comedic, you know. Comedians, I think, just because the, the, their voices influence me so much. Uh, Dave Chappelle and um, uh, Amy Poehler of, of UCB. I look up to some, honestly, some 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 film actors back home in India really influence me. Nasiruddin Shah is one of them. Amir Khan. Uh, kind of across the board. Um, I also, you know, look up a lot to writers. I think uh, because I've had a lot of experience writing, and and, and I feel like their voice is. Writers are the most underrated part of Hollywood, I think. You know, especially in the film industry, um, because that's really where everything starts. Everyone else's job is sort of, as an actor, as a director, as anything else. All our jobs, jobs are interpreting someone else's work. You know what I mean? But yeah. writing starts with a blank page. They're the, they're ground zero of the whole thing. And so I really look up to like Aaron Sorkin and um, Patty Chayefsky back in the day. Um, yeah, Tina Fey. I mean, oh. yeah, there's so many people. Is there somebody that you that you you hope or you wish that you can uh, act with someday? Yeah, uh, I would. I mean, I would love to work with Pacino in any capacity at some point, just to sort of observe and learn from him. Uh, I would love to work with Amy Poehler. I would love to work with Tiffany Haddish. Uh, 
Yeah, all uh, honestly, all those people I mentioned are, are yeah. high on that list. Do you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so do you have like a uh, so like do you have like a dream role that you want to play someday? Do you want to be like you? You hope someday like you're on a sitcom or what do you? What's your dream I role? I would, yeah, I would love to be on a on a sitcom and a comedic, you know, a, a, a really funny thing. Also, based on what we mentioned earlier about you know the Godfather, I have a real dream of playing being in a gangster movie, being playing some sort of playing a gangster. I think is so just just perfect. I, I would I would die to play a role like that. I love those movies so much, and I I love kind of the freedom of those roles. You get to really sink your teeth into being an anti-hero. So I would love to do that one yeah. day. And um, on your downtime when you're not working, uh, what do you enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. Um. I really like to kind of hike around LA. Honestly, there's some beautiful parts of this city that I that I love discovering. Uh, my girlfriend and I are, are big food fans, and so we we love to kind of drive out and find new places to go eat at. And uh, LA has no shortage of that. I feel like uh, Thai Town, Koreatown, are some of my favorite parts of town. Drive out to the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah, all all over the city. Honestly, I also am a I'm, I'm I'm an artist and I love to draw, so I, I do a lot of illustrating. Um, fun fun fact for good trouble viewers: on Raj's desk in his workplace, there's always a fad out that has a new drawing in every scene, which is something that I've been I'll do on set between takes. Oh wow! You gotta kind of pause and really zoom in to find those drawings. But if you're a if you're a serious good trouble nerd, maybe <laughs> you can find them. Uh, yeah, so I like doing that. So yeah. where do you see yourself 10, 20 years from now? Oh boy, that's a that's a big one. Um, you know, hopefully very happy. <laughs> hopefully having the great family life with my uh, w- with my now girlfriend. Maybe then you know wife or family. I- I- I'd love to see that. Career wise, I mean, I would love to be writing, directing, and and starring in movies and TV shows. At that point, I I I'd love to kind of make those careers come together because I've had some in- I've had some um, interesting inroads on on writing and on acting but kind of separately at this point like i've sold some projects as a writer only and then i've worked as an actor and some stuff separately but i'd love to see that come together and i've directed some short films you know so i'd love to make them all come together and start to actually make movies what do you what do you um, enjoy more what do you enjoy more acting or writing um that's uh it's hard to say you know i love them both i i will say with right with both of them, they are enjoyable in bursts, in that acting is the most enjoyable in those moments between action and cut, and then the rest of it can be quite hard in a sense, because an acting career is, uh, you know, has its challenges, obviously, it has its peaks and valleys and ups and downs, and you're sort of at the whim of casting, you're sort of at the whim of whether they're looking for your type right now, all that stuff, yeah. but the actual moments between action and cut I love. Writing, on the other hand, you can do whenever you want, but it's only really enjoyable for me at least in like 20% of the time and the other 80% is very hard and you're, you're really grinding your head against the wall. But then when you get, when you hit to your stride, it's beautiful. It's the most magical 20%. So yeah. So, so I love both. I think when do you, uh, sorry to waffle on that. Answer. That's okay. When, when do you do most of your writing? Is it like before you go to bed, you just grab something and start writing or how do you do it? Yeah, typically I'm I'm kind of a late bird, a, a night owl, and sometimes obviously we're shooting and we gotta wake up at five, six in the morning to get to set, so I don't do it then. But if we're not those days, I tend to stay up pretty late and do it. Um, so I, I like to do it 
early morning. You know, I, I, I typically, like I said, do shows kind of late at night and then get home maybe 11.30 at midnight sometimes. And then I like to l- write after that. So I like to write kind of till 2 in the morning sometimes. Um, or when we're on set, sometimes if we if I'm not in a lot of scenes that day or if my scenes are lighter that day, I will write in the trailer sometimes oh, just to try and get yeah. extra work done. Yeah. Um, do you have any other upcoming projects that you want to tell the, the fans and the listeners about? Sure. Yeah, I just uh, I just started in a, a a horror movie that we that we just wrapped on uh, from Epic Pictures last month that we just wrapped a couple of weeks ago called Lucky, um, which should be out I believe at the beginning of next year or the end of this year uh, around the holidays. Um, yeah, look out for that. It's called Lucky. It's a it was a really really fun, really scary but really fun script. I I, I really loved um, getting to do that part. So check that out. Um, and you can see me on a, on a couple other just like little guest starry roles here and there. Um, I'll, I'll hopefully be popping up on, on some things. All yeah. Right. All right. And lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, yeah, sure. You can find me on Instagram with at my full name, Drew Vuday Singh, which is D-H-R-U-V-U-D-A-Y-S-I-N-G-H. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I love memes. So if you want to send me memes, Send me some memes. All right. <laughs> All right, Drew, man. This was fun. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Move to the city Over the tendency You like the colors You can't see anything Scars and confetti, sawmill and ponty.